all water is fish pee at some point. I I highly doubt the scientific accuracy of that statement. Welcome Brainiac, our new host, whose name I do not approve of. It sounds sarcastic. But uh, Brainiac, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, uh, I am Brainiac. Uh, do, would you like to know about my personal life? Well, I, it's awkward because I know you in real life. So in reality, you're just introdu- introducing yourself to all the the listeners who are listening to this far, far in the future. Okay. So, so, so you are in the Army, correct? I am in the Army. In the Uniformed Services is what I am. I am, uh, my rank is PV2. Uh, I just earned, actually it's PFC. I just earned the PFC badge uh, this month. Because I've been in for one full year. Uh, it has been going good so far, I guess. Uh, it's definitely not what you would expect it to be. It seems like just an everyday job, but it's also its own like cult. Everyone knows everyone, and everyone you know helps each other out and stuff. It's pretty cool. I like it. Are, are you implying that you know the, the particulars of being in a cult? <laughs> Perhaps. You have knowledge of the day-to-day logistics of running, operating, and being a member of a cult? The, um, uh, only the Daedric cult, though. Oh, only the Cool Kids cult. Cool Kids. Cool Kids Club. Yep. So, so what do you do all day? What is, what is your job? <laughs> what do they pay you to do? So I signed up as an HR specialist, a human resources specialist, because I'm colorblind. I couldn't get the job that I wanted. Um, that's fine though. Um, he's, 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 that's fine though. He says extremely salty tone. Very, very salty about that. I was supposed to be, uh, a 35 papa, which is a cryptologic linguist, which sounds amazing. Doesn't it? It just sounds super cool. Yeah. Plus they get like a $40,000 sign on bonus. Wouldn't that be amazing? I just imagine they they're handing you a briefcase just full of hundred dollar bills. Yeah, yeah, all full of money. Here you go. Yeah, I think it's an automatic promotion to sergeant too because no one does that. No one can pass the tests for it. You have to take the the D Lab test, which is a language aptitude battery test, defensive language aptitude battery. That's what D Lab stands for. Um, and you have to score like an eighty. I think, and you can learn languages like English. If you score like a 90, you can learn languages like German, French. If you score like a 100, you can uh, learn languages like uh, certain African-type languages, 110. You can pretty much learn any language, any language by that point. And 120 is the max. Me? I got a 117. 117. So how many languages can you learn? All of them. All, every language. All the. F- All can of you the speak? Languages. The question is though: Is can you speak Klingon? No. No. It's disappointing. Disappointing. That? Yeah. Uh, so so enlighten us, because I've never heard personally from someone who'd been through basic. Is it as bad as all the movies make it out to be? Basic training. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you about this, guys. Oh, I. Should oh, I? Like, are you being serious? 
No, hey guys, this no. is where, this is where <laughs> if you are a member of an enemy state to the United States of America, simply listen to this podcast. We will reveal all of our nation's secrets, revealed to you by the Everything. the best primary source we could get a hold of, a desk jockey. I feel like I would – no, because I feel like explaining some things may actually release some things that the military may not want to be released. Well, okay, so is it hard? Uh, no. It's just demanding physically-wise in AIT and basic training. When you're in basic training boot camp or whatever you want to call it, when you get sent there for the nine weeks, um, there you have drill sergeants in your face yelling at you the entire time, um, but they, they, I mean, you're human there. They don't treat you like you're less than a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only The only thing I'm wondering is like in the movies, did they really make you crawl in the mud under the barbed wire in the rain? Yes. They did. That's a real thing. That's a thing. So that was uh, uh, what was that? Uh, it was not buddy team live fire, but it was something similar to that. We had to practice uh, moving under fire, so they would have the artillery. Not art- artillery. Um, they would have the M two four nines, the mm-hmm. the guns with the big rounds. Do, 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 is what it was it just going over our heads they were literally going over our heads if we stood up we would get shot um we had those, to stay those under... grade aid sound effects were brought to you by the united states army thank you thank you thank you very much um but uh we we all lined up all along the trench uh there was the left side and the right side and so the left side would take off and they would crawl and then the right side would stay there uh, aiming down the scope for enemies, you know, to watch for, mm-hmm. you know, enemy movements coming towards them and shooting people that, you know, are sticking their heads out, whatever. And then, I think it's called Buddy Team Rush or something like that. And then so the uh, left side would stop and then the uh, right side would take off and then the left side would, you know, watch over them with their guns. And it would go back and forth all the way across, like, it was a whole football field worth of sand, um just barbed wire you had to crawl underneath the barbed wire and stuff it was it was crazy that night that oh well what was it called it was a night uh night fire or uh the night live fire or something like that it was that was my favorite part of basic i think that was my favorite part of basic so is how did you like the food is it do they make i don't imagine that they just make you eat emergency meal packages three meals a day but surely you've tried them the food here is delicious. So the food that they cook at the defect. So, okay. If you're at the barracks or staying within the vicinity of, you know, your training area, you will eat at the defect, which is the dining facility is what defect means. Uh, you know, you, you go in, you line up, you, you, you form a snake formation is what it's called. Uh, where everyone lines up one behind another. And then until it gets so far that it, it curls back around and on itself, and it just snakes more and more and more. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we stand like that and wait for our turn to go inside the defect. Then we go in the defect. We get our food. And the food there is delicious. They have all kinds of different foods. Um, in the mornings, they switched between uh, pancakes, waffles, and uh, what was the third thing? can't remember what the third one was. And then they would have, like, oatmeal, grits. Um, so, like, very dry breakfast. 
No, 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 not necessarily because they had uh, syrup too. Well, uh, you you weren't you weren't you weren't a host at the time. We had the conversation about the three categories of breakfast: is pancakes and waffles, or pancakes and waffles or dry breakfast, is the oh what we yeah. agreed on. You will have to uh, go back and listen to. Uh, you the, can get cereal if you want there too. That's a that's a dry breakfast. The the three categories just to uh, reiterate: there's eggs. eggs is a savory breakfast. Yeah, there's eggs. There's eggs there. There's meat. Meat, uh, you can eat whatever you want. If you're vegan, if you're a vegetarian, it does not matter. They accommodate anyone's um, meat palate or palate. You know. <laughs> or lack thereof, if you're vegan and vegetarian. Or lack thereof, right. Exactly. So, uh, to, so to that's this, fine. What's your favorite food item? Like, if you could make out of anything. Okay, so that's too big of a question, too vague. Because uh, they cook food. They'll cook food just like your mom or dad would. Um, they, they'll cook anything. We we can eat anything. We've eaten lobster, steak, shrimp, everything. Dude, but, uh, I feel like yeah. you go to the army and you eat all these gourmet foods and Razor has been all over the world. And I'm just kind of sitting here barely functioning as an adult. Uh, when we go to the field, though, we have to eat MREs and those are bad. I actually have not a not a military like labeled MRE, but I do have a package of that shelved silver package of beef stew, and it's just you have beef at, stew MRE. It yeah, it's it's MRE in the I'm assuming it's MRE because it's in one of those silver packages, so it's extremely shelf stable. It's not silver; it's green. So I have on. some here. I have some raisins. <laughs> I have. I'm looking at it right here. Uh, let me see if I can get a date on it. Best used by February 2019. I could have this beef, this premium beef stew anytime before February 2019. Most of the MREs that we have will last for actual decades. Well, I got it from a food bank, so I don't know how long it's, but I'm assuming it hasn't been around since, like, you know, World War II. These will last forever. But one, one of these days, yeah. when we have the money, we need to do military food versus astronaut food. Side by side comparison, like those uh, challenge videos they do on YouTube. It's good. Military food's actually not that bad. The Murrays aren't that bad. They're not that bad. I like some of them. The so spaghetti if, if you were to, if you were to try favorite. to if you were to try to make let's use the beef stew as example. If you were to compare the military MRE uh, beef, beef stew, stew, the astronaut yeah. the space food beef stew, and then beef stew that you can assemble using the cheapest possible ingredients. Which how would you think you could rank those? Would you put the MREs above the cheapest beef stew you could make as a person, just buying ingredients? Um, I don't know about astronaut food because I've never tried astronaut. Food. I'm assuming it's just freeze dried yeah. to reduce and the I, weight. I hear I hear freeze dried astronaut ice cream is the worst thing ever. Um, but uh, that that's a good question. Could you make stew better than the beef stew you get in with like cheap beef stew? Yeah, if I went to uh, if I went to the dollar. I'll store, tell you this: it's better than Campbell's soup. It's better than Campbell's soup. That's that's it's that's a mighty Campbell's high soup. statement. I don't like Campbell's soup, but I, I, I the only thing I really eat Campbell's is the chicken noodle. But it is but, a stew, not a soup. Those are different. Well, I'm sorry, Mister Technicality. You're technically correct, which, as I say, is best kind of correct, so I can't argue.
I am currently reading a series called Monument 14. Uh, it takes place, it's somewhat in the future, it's an ap apocalypse book. And these group of kids, ranging from pre-K to high school, were all on a bus field trip when, well, the apocalypse happened. Basically, people just started going nuts and attacking them. And their bus driver, in, in a hurry to save them, drives the bus into a supermarket. And then they close the riot doors and seal them into the store because this thing is in the air and the store is airtight. And so they're surviving the apocalypse in a store that just so happens to have a filtration system and solar backup battery because it's the future. Everything is solar powered. And so it got me to thinking, these kids are surviving and doing various things in the supermarket. What store would be ideal to <laughs> be trapped inside for the apocalypse? And you can't just consider grocery stores. you got to consider stuff like... Hardware stores, Home Depot. Okay, 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 okay. What are we looking for? It, can we exit this store? See, this is where we have to narrow onto some particulars. Let's say that outside the, outside the store is death. You have to prepare to survive the outside for, let's say, you have to survive as long as possible. So once okay. you leave, we Academy. have to assume once, once you leave the store, you can't come back. Now, Academy. let's narrow down to particulars. Sports and outdoors. Biome. There you go. You get all the hunting equipment and whatnot you need. Okay, that's that's a fair point. You have outdoors equipment, and right. you have bikes. That's a that's a plus. Question is, how much food is in an academy? Because you're left only with what's at the front, Ooh. and there might be might be but, some camping meals in the back. But you can hunt. But you can hunt. Well, most academies aren't in a place where it's easy to hunt. Like it would take. It would take much longer than a few months in Apocalypse for animals to get used to the fact that people aren't around anymore to sort of readjust their environments. And most academies are in pretty much in the middle of cities that aren't necessarily near the woods. You can't assume that you're at a place where hunting would be optimal. Because so, generally, if there's an academy there, you're in some fair kind enough. of city area. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. So hunting is, yes, you have guns for protection, but mm. I I had an argument made for Home Depot because if you are extremely DIY oriented, you can build things, and you have a you actually have motorized vehicles in some Home Depots because they sell golf carts and riding lawnmowers. Oh, what about what about uh the other store that sells by the by the large amounts? I can't think of the name of the store. Oh, Sam's Club or Costco's. Costco. Costco's. You're good on food and basic house supplies, but it's you don't exactly have anything to defend yourself. Like, think about a Costco. What's the closest thing you're going to get to a weapon if somebody tries to... Like, you have a gold mine. Somebody's, people are going to want to come in and take these things. True. So, which is why my initial... You have to, you have to band people together. Mm -hmm. to... hmm. Which is why I think my, my original thing was Walmart. Lots of food... And you can, they have plenty of back rooms where you can throw all that meat stuff that's going to go bad or outside. So I'm guessing this question narrows down to which store has the most well-rounded yes. palette that they're selling. A grocery <laughs> store would not be good. Like, it would be okay, but you have no defense. Like Unless some, Walmarts, no. The Walmarts do sell weapons and ammunition, though. Walmarts you, do. Oh. Can we we should we might want to look into the practicalities of what infrastructure do these stores have? Like 
do a lot of Walmarts have backup generators? What about a PX? A PX. military PX. Post exchange. That's what the PX is at the, on post. It's got so, to be a building that's publicly accessible. Like, uh, the public can go in and buy things. Well, I mean, you can if you have a family member that is a part of ah. the uniformed services. Yeah, you know, fair. And it's the apocalypse. There's no going to be asking for your ID. And in the PX, you will find a lot of things that you would find at Walmart or HEB. You'll find uh, MRE-type stuff. You'll find a bunch of foods. You'll find medication. You'll find... Um, because there's the there's the commissary. The commissary is a part of the PX. It's it's, it's this whole huge grocery store, full of you know all kinds of foods and whatnot. Uh, you you have to consider food, not only just food, water, medical supplies. These army PX stores, army surplus stores. That's what I pictured in your head when you said this thing. Are they going to have a lot of bottled water or water filtration? So the PX is well-rounded because it's part of the military's thing. It yeah. has equipment for hunting. It has, um, I'm trying to think about what's like in the PX. It, it has the, the entertainment system where all the iPhones and gaming consoles and stuff are located. It's mm -hmm. got the stuff for fishing. It's got the stuff for repairing your cars. It's got it's even got this uh an auto repair lot where you park your car in there and you can go in and repair your car yourself if you know how to do it and you have all the parts for it. They'll let you go do it. But thing is is there gonna be one of those one of these in every city? There's one of them in every fort. See and that would make a great story, I'm not saying, but you're you're kind of playing the poor sportsman's area. Oh, let's just get locked in the Mall of America. Why not? Like this uh, is you're you're taking the not fun answer. I can't argue against that. Of course, Mall of America has everything. I wonder though, can you buy any vehicle, any motorized vehicles in Mall of America? Conversation for another time. But Bernie But points. um my my answer I think is going to be Home Depot. Because Home Depot? The, the only issue is how long would the food last you? Because everything you get at the front is relatively non-perishable. That's all sealed things. But it depends on how many people you have with you. Whereas, but Home Depot is also a target less likely to be hit if you can secure it quickly. I mean, unless somebody is looking for something specific, the things that are going to be looted are the things like the Walmarts and the Targets. Home Depot is a DIY store, so if you can secure that food quickly, some stuff might be picked through, but then all this material in the store is basically yours. Because no, would, these are not things that people are going to immediately prioritize. Fair enough. I'd secure uh, Academy, though. I would secure that, and then I would have enough firearms to do whatever I want with. It's the whatever. firearms that concerns me, though. That's going to make you a major target for looters when they're, when the law is no longer a concern. Anything that sells guns. Whereas there are plenty of things you can use as a, as a weapon in Home Depot that the average person might not immediately consider. And you got to remember, Home Depot has those giant drop-down doors on the front. And those things can be barricaded and, and closed off quite easily if you know what you're doing. 
And obviously you have all this hardware and Home Depot sells welders. You could lock yourself in that building easily if you have the people and the knowledge and the know-how to do so. Whereas Academy, there's nothing you can really put in front of those doors that couldn't just be moved with enough force. Whereas at the Home Depots and the Lowe's, you have these solid metal doors you're going to have to get through. Hmm. Now, the only thing you'd have to worry about in the long term is food and water. But as we point out, you have lots of supplies here and motorized vehicle. It would depend on the particulars of whatever apocalypse happened. Is it an airborne virus? Is this a bomb? The particulars would change the scenario slightly, but the, your quickest worry would be water. I don't know if Home Depot sells water purification systems, but... We can always follow up. We can, we can always follow up. We can always follow people around, I mean, follow up. And so, and then now we get to the fun speculative part is if your basic necessities weren't an issue, if you had just unlimited access to any storage you, you wanted, what store would you want access to? And what immediately pops into my head is freaking GameStop, of course. Uh just, just pull in water and food, lock myself in the door, and screw you guys, I have every entertainment system ever. So so the question is, if I could have unlimited access to any store, what would it be? Yeah, what's what's your what's your shopping spree at the end of the world? Hmm. That's a good one. I gotta give that one a little thought. Uh that's a, good uh, point. That's a good point, Special. You can actually boil water. I didn't think of that. But you have to, there's boil and purification because you have to assume that wherever you're getting your water, and that's the thing, what if the water's not working? Well, what are you on about? Um, over in general, Special pointed out that there would be the supplies at Home Depot to boil water, but it's obtaining water. You can't assume city infrastructure is going to be functional. But back to the original question, if you had the shopping spree at the end of the world, what store would you pick? Hmm, I think it would be, <laughs> GameStop's a good one, GameStop's a really good one. I like how we're talking about, if you have to survive, you and your family, what store would you pick? It's like, oh, boom, this, 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 and this. But when I give you the silly option of whatever store you want, oh, this is such a, this is such a difficult question. I need more time to think. You can't spring this on me. This is a lot of pressure. You is, see. It is pressure. Yeah. Should I? It, would it help if I played some Jeopardy music? It would. Do 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 do. Um. Store. Store. The place. There actually is a store called the Getting Place. Do 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 how would you prevent people from the ins people from the outside getting in? 
going. Obviously, every mall is different, but you have to... Most malls, they're a large complex, multiple entrances, typically a, a glass ceiling. Uh. They often have entrances on both levels if your mall is built into a hill, like a mall here in Texas, the Woodlands Mall, is built into a hill. You have... Most of these doors are not covered by anything more than a lock and the simple glass doors because they're open 24 hours or there's a lot of security. How are you going to defend this? Eventually, you're going to have to lock yourself into a single store, and then you only have one or two exits. I mean, then you've cornered yourself. Is it's You would need enough the, – the people and supplies needed to maintain infrastructure. That's too big of a point of a failure. Like, you'd have to be supporting a pretty large population for a mall to work. Hmm. So are you trying to support uh, you a to, whole if, if, society? If you were dropped in a store tomorrow, let's just say, well, how many people do you want to keep safe? This is another point to consider. The more people you have to keep safe, it's more mouths to feed, more people to hydrate, more people to keep safe. I mean, if you want to if you want to play, you know, the... If you want to play as a poor sport, just say, I'm keeping 100 people alive in a mall. Well, good job. You could probably pull it off. Do they sell weapons typically in any mall stores? I don't think... I, I'm In my head, I'm picturing a mall we have in the area, the Woodlands Mall in Texas. And I don't think there are any... The closest... Like, Academy sells guns, and the closest thing to Academies is Dick's Sporting Goods. But I was in there. They don't sell guns. They don't sell weapons in the mall. Hmm. Actually, a mall isn't isn't sounding as such a cheaty answer as I originally thought. Because if you got a picture, there's a lot of restaurants there. So assuming you can find something to do with all the the food that's going to go bad in the food courts, because we can't assume electricity is going to work. Right. Is there any water storage? Because yes. And a probable cause, there's there's pressure in the pipes. Even if even if the city's water infrastructure shut down tomorrow, there's still water in the pipes. There are enough restaurants, enough bathrooms that I, you could probably get a bit of water, but would it support the number of people necessary to hold them all? Because like I'm thinking, Dick's Sporting Goods and a couple of other places sell bottled water, but not a whole lot. And you have to think about, uh, most of the food in the mall is food court stuff. There's not a lot of places I can think of where you would buy packaged food. I mean, you have the non-perishable stuff. All the restaurants are going to have, you know, bread and things that don't sit in the freezer. You can right. snack on all the fortune cookies from all the Chinese buffets. Right. But... The most valuable resource in a mall, I actually think, is is clothing and other outdoor wear, things you need to you would you would want to get to survive outside a building. I think that's the best thing a mall has to offer, other than you know shelter from the elements that most buildings generally provide. Is you have all these clothing wears that are going to sell plenty of shoes and outdoor equipment and stuff like that. And I think this a, a mall might not be a good place to stay unless you've solved the water and food issue through another resource. But sticking within the hypothetical scenario, the mall would be a good point to hold for initially stocking up. 
but you would still have to secure a more permanent place, water, food, transportation, and weapons. And these are big things. So I think, despite originally thinking it was a cheaty answer, I think the mall would not work practically for a lot of situations. Hmm. So I think we've re I think we've reached a point where there's no 100% right answer. But I still stick with my answer if I had to pick, and I knew certain people to be, I would pick Home Depot. It's easily defendable, and there's a there's enough food and water to hold a small enough group that I think it would work. And then you have the equipment to build what you need to possibly go out and get other things. I think you could do Home Depot. Home Depot. I think Home Depot would work. Home Depot would work. I'll agree with you. Oh, you'll agree with me? Do I hear reluctance? No. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. You say it three times, so are you convincing me, or are you convincing you? At the suggestion of one of our listeners, they want to know is, do we think humans will ever leave our solar system? And my short answer is, I think, assuming the world doesn't end or the rapture doesn't happen, it's inevitable. It is what inevitable. Is the 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 problem right now, and I know, or perhaps if, it already no, no, no. has happened. I know what your argument is going to be for ways to get off the planet because it's a conversation we've had before. But currently, as it stands right now, the peak of space technology is strap a metal container on a pile of explosives and point it in the right direction. Oh, this, is, yeah. this is basically how we get into space: is we fling ourselves with volatile gases spewing out the rear end. That's how we get into space, and that is extremely expensive, extremely energy efficient. Now, I'm interested to see if you bring up the point you brought up when we had this conversation a few years ago about how we could potentially get into space at cheaper cost and resources. A technology that could get us into space without strapping our bodies to explosives. By bending space time. No, I'm so disappointed you don't remember. It's rail guns. Oh, rail guns! Rail guns! Yes. Come on, man! I'm so disappointed you don't remember that. Uh, would you like to ex Would you like to explain to everyone how a railgun works nowadays? What they're actually used on? Uh, it's, it's all electricity. Basic. That, that's basic electricity. That's it. So a railgun. Um, in the conversation that he brought up, a lot. Some warships have basically they use electricity and magnets to fling bars of basically iron as projectiles. There's no explosive. There's there's no propellant. You are putting massive amounts of, a, of magnetic energy into these cylinders, and you're firing these, these lumps of metal as you would a bullet. It's just you're using magnetic forces instead of expelling gases. And these, these rods are extremely expensive. But a, lo man a lot cheaper when compared. It. To, yeah, you're ba yeah you're you're basically <laughs> hurling. I think I just, just I just imagine a man just throwing it as hard as he can. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it takes a lot of electricity to generate, but it's cheaper and more cost effective to to propel the same amount of weight those speeds, and it might not be extremely practical on on spaceship sized things because the larger something is i believe it's an exponential increase in how much energy you have to use to move that and then there's the question is is by the time you get enough magnetic energy to throw the things 
at escape velocity is the is the magnetic field going to be harmful because we are not affected by the earth's magnetic field but we can be affected by magnetic fields extremely strong artificial man-made ones so the question is is manned manned spacecraft using the railgun technology feasible that'd be a lot cheaper than you know rocket fuel and not only that it's renewable if we ever get to the point where we can harness all the energy from our sun by using there's some kind of um, there's a name for a thing you build around your sun that basically you've turned your sun into a giant generator dyson sphere dyson sphere if we ever build a dyson sphere that there's all the energy we need beam all of our electricity wirelessly to our planet bam bam but that's space we are elevator. not at that point yet space elevator. Uh... and space elevator would work in theory the problem is is the strength weight ratio currently in theory the only thing that exists right now is carbon nanotubes but they're they're not flexible so you would have to you would have to use interlocking segments woven together and right now material science simply doesn't support strength to weight ratios that would make space elevators functional right now because even if just the cable the best materials we could make a rope out of except maybe some kevlar wouldn't even support the weight of the cable itself and you still have to attach yeah. a car and i've done the math it can't even sustain itself the 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 rope itself can't sustain itself that's how strong the rope has to be it's mm -hmm. so weird it, ha it requires so much strength because it's... you gotta remember the end of that rope is traveling at the escape velocity yeah. necessary for earth and that's a lot of tension to put on materials that are readily every day and Special Builder, you can't... Dyson spheres are completely possible. It's just a matter of, do you have a way to do it without the radiation from the sun killing you? But right. current laws of thermodynamics, there are plenty of materials that can withstand heat of the sun if you put it at the proper distance. And since it's a sphere built around it, gravity would keep it in place to where once you had it built, it wouldn't need a lot of structure. Gravity would hold the thing together. Geostationary, but you still have to travel at a certain speed to maintain the geostationary orbit. Basically, when something is moving around in a circle around Earth, it's not, it's basically falling and missing the ground. The, you know, the joke from yeah. the joke from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but they're actually falling to the ground and missing. And you have to think about this. Think about the Earth is obviously spherical. If you just drop a ball straight to the ground, it's going to take a straight line. If you throw the ball to the side, it's falling to the ground, but the Earth also curves a little bit away from the ball. So the ball makes it a little bit further along the ground. It stays in the air a little bit longer. You throw the ball even harder, and the Earth curves even more. Escape velocity is basically you're throwing the ball, or in this case, a satellite or the International Space Station, or you, hard enough that you are falling towards Earth, but Earth is also curving away from you at the same rate. So as long as you can maintain that speed, you're basically moving in the area. And geostationary orbits still decay. That's why satellites still have boosters, is because gravity actually slows things down. And the little bits of particles you have floating around in space still slow the satellite down, which is why satellites are only viable for so long. 
But the geostationary orbit, you still need to move at a certain speed, and that speed is greater the closer you are to Earth. The International Space Station travels it, but it's traveling fast enough that they see like 27 sunsets or sunsets and sunrises a day. We got extremely off topic from the original question is, do we think we're ever going to leave the solar system? And we haven't even gotten off Earth, and we've already had like a 10-minute conversation. Now, once you leave Earth, that's the easy bit. Escape velocity from a planet is where most of your energy goes, is escaping the gravitational pull and the friction of the atmosphere. Once you're out of the solar system, where do we go? Like, the, once you leave the solar system, the next closest star is um, Alpha Centauri, triple star system. Yeah. Proxima Centauri is one of the stars in um, Alpha Centauri. So there's not really, once you reach suitable space technology where you're traveling towards the speed of light, then there's not really anything worth visiting manned space trips outside of the solar system. Space is incomprehensibly, unfathomably empty. Nothing. If you were to compare just space how much area the nothing takes up compared to what the the something tastes up? It's near zero. The distances, the empty void that takes that that occupies the space between planets and stars and asteroids, is mind-boggling. It's numbers you can't, your brain can't even put into context. So until you can go fast enough to get to these places at any reasonable time, manned missions are just unlikely. Will we? Can you technically leave the solar system? Yes. As soon as you're not touching a planet and you're outside the ring of Pluto, I would say you're still technically outside the solar system. But where do you draw the boundaries? Would you have to say you'd have to be closer to something other than the solar system to be technically out of the solar system? Because like you're always going to be affected by the gravity of the sun, no matter how far away you go. So if the argument, even if the argument is you're closer to something else other than the solar system, you're still talking about hundreds of years of travel at what the, at the speeds we can obtain now on manned aircraft. So will we ever leave the solar system? Yeah, probably, but not anytime soon and nothing interesting for a while after that. Hey guys, it's Doppler from the future, editing this podcast, and I just wanted to throw in a quick little announcement that I forgot to mention on the recording, is that we are now officially up on iTunes and Google Play. Simply look up Checkered Thoughts on Google Play. We are all the way down at the bottom because we're not special. Uh, we are also on Twitter at OfficialCTFM. Um, when we start using that, we're going to use... We are going to post announcements and updates there when it becomes necessary. But right now, Discord is working just fine for us. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting app you use. We are going to try to get this podcast out on more sources in the future. This is Doppler signing off. Have a great day.